Look, I judge my own art all the time. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that's art? I really did that? That's art? And I know I put in way more. It's There's definite art there. I'm not... I'm not judging it in the sense that it's not, but like a couple years ago, that stunt in Art Basel with the banana and the duct tape, that to me, like anything in that stunts, that to me is a stunt. <laughs> but there's an art in the stunt. So the definition of art is anything any human has created and wants to label it as art. Like we're drinking coconut water. Thank you for the Vita Coco. This is art, and they call it what's the artwork or the branding of the bottle. But just because we don't think of it as art, even I get mixed up and I put the logo on my shirt here, right? My hoodie or my t shirt. No, this is an artistic ext extension of my murals, my paintings, my canvas. It just happens to be on a t shirt now. And the people think this is my logo, it's not my logo. This is my artwork. My logo is my signature. And I sign everything I do has my signature, that means it's a piece of finished artwork. Wherever my oh yeah my signature is so art's whatever you want it to be period. Welcome to the Art and Life podcast with your host Taylor Gallegos. Art exists all around us, in all directions, from all walks of life. We just need to know how to see it. The Art and Life podcast is an experiment in an audio format that focuses on the art and philosophy involved with different people and their life paths. This experiment is intended to inspire you in your creative pursuits, whatever they may be. Follow along as I interview movers and shakers from all walks of life. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, craft, or vision. These interviews showcase that fact. Listen while you work. Listen while you create. Listen while you dream up the next big breakthrough. I just want to say thank you to you, the listener, for being here. This podcast is intended to encourage, inspire, and entertain. The guests of this podcast are digging deep and putting it all out there. And without you on the listening end, it would not be the same. So if you like what you hear, hit subscribe and share it with someone you think might be into it. Now. On to the good stuff. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. And with me today is a very standout gentleman that I'm extremely, extremely excited to have on the show here. Uh, this man is a an artist. He's a podcaster. He's an entrepreneur. Um, he's lived many lives. Uh, he's a father. He's a husband. And... He's doing crazy stuff that I'm very excited about, that he's stoked on, and uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing all about it. Mr. Ruben Rojas, thank you for being on the show. 
Thank you for having me, Taylor. Uh, we just had lunch. I'm at your studio mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. You uh, invited me here for the podcast, and I jumped on that opportunity. We got your paintings around. We got works in progress. You've been showing me all kinds of cool stuff. Um, all your, you know, you've been telling me about your team and the sculpture work and the design work, and then work with like a tequila company here, which we're gonna be tasting here. So. Um, my first question is, of all your work, of all everything you're doing, what is it that you're like most fired up on right now? It's a good question. Honestly, I think the more I keep doing this every single day, I just get clearer and clearer on the mission and the vision. And it's not... You know, we were talking earlier about what is my thing? What is my brand? What is my style? And luckily, I came across that a couple of years ago, but I remember having those conversations. And more right now, it's I'm just fired up that I've created something beyond me as the artist. You know, sometimes as artists, we're putting ourselves on our canvas, and it's, it's very egocentric. It's very us. This is me. This isn't my work. I'm putting it out there. I'm sharing my soul. I'm sharing everything with you. Now like it. Right? But in my case, it's like I'm putting it all out there and I'm inviting you to experience it with me and run with it however you need it to be. Because art is so subjective. The difference is like as an artist, I'm telling you I'm walking you through it. I'm opening the door. And I really want you to go down this path of choosing love and living through love and helping me make the world a better place. You know, in many cases as artists, we want to share emotions and we want to share our truths. But I want to take it further and I want to, I'm really going to hold your hand here. Not just like, here it is. You take your story and make it happen. So I think... I'm just fired up that it's just clear, it's landing, it's getting further, it's getting bigger, it's beyond me. And just getting to build a team and be able to put this on more than just a wall and a canvas. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if that was the the right answer, the long answer, totally. the short answer. Totally, I mean, that's a... The right answer, the long answer, totally. the short answer. Totally, I mean, that's a... It feels... You know, I, I got to meet you at the Summit of Greatness, I think in 2018, um, and then I saw you again at 2019, and I've been following your work since then. I've been seeing it all over, you know, Lewis Howes' podcast backgrounds, and like, you know, since then, and uh, it seemed like right around then, maybe you were like starting to hit your stride, and now you're in, obviously like you're in full bloom. You know, and, and it's uh, it's really cool. I could see that at that point when you hit that momentum point, you're just like, let's go, like foot on the gas. Um, yeah, why don't you tell everybody, why don't you dive into your concept? Um, you as, no, we're good. Um, yeah, tell everybody about your theme. Tell everybody about the concept, background, what it's all about, where you're going. So I've, I've distilled it all the way down to live through love. So I always say Nike says just do it. Ruben says live through love. 
And one day Nike's gonna say, "Just do it like Ruben and live through love," because that's a dream campaign. <laughs> Getting closer and closer. We're gonna have a Jordan one day. There you go. Hearing it on the podcast, but uh, what led me to this? You know, I'm gonna school to be a doctor. I was gonna be an orthopedic surgeon, and then I went into real estate. Made a boatload of money. Started buying everything: diamonds, watches. Cars, motorcycles, houses, boats, you name it. I had it all. 2008 happens, you lose it all. <clears throat> and you're like, whoa. You know, in this country, they show success by what you have and what you can show. And like, hey, my car means I'm successful. Or my watch means I'm successful. How I dress means I'm successful. And I'm not poo-pooing any of this. What I'm poo-pooing is like, my come from was that's how I made myself whole until I lost it all. And then I'm like, whoa, I'm still here. Don't have these things. Does that mean I don't matter? Or I'm not successful? Or I'm not anything? So I started having those conversations. And I go through bankruptcy. And then I don't know what to do for the next year. A couple of people tell me to go into financial planning. So I became a financial advisor for another good chunk of my life. And five years into that, I'm like, oh no, because I'm successful again, making money again. Look, it's also not anything wrong with making money. It's not about that. It's, it's when your career or your job or your focus is only money and you're measured by money, it becomes really miserable. You, you, know, I, I, you have to have a purpose. You have to have a vision. You have to have a meaning behind what you're doing for it to matter. I do what I do because I love it. And if I was independently wealthy, I'd give it all away for free. But, you know, I've got a family, I've got a wife, i got a kid to feed. He's going to go to school soon. So uh, these things are all real. Life is real. So it's how do you figure this all out? That led me to painting my first mural. I was depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm single. I have no kids, no baggage, no debt. I'm successful again. I've rebuilt myself out of the bankruptcy and all of that. But why am I depressed? I'm born in LA. I'm in, I'm healthy, you know. I was gifted some great genes from my parents. So like there is no reason for me to feel it. So I started judging myself for feeling depressed and having all these other conversations. So I'm like, what do I need to see in the world as a reminder that there's more than this crap that's in my head? These negative conversations that all humans have. We all have them. We have them at different levels, and we have. We treat ourselves with more or less compassionate than other people. And it's just, just like, what do I see? I see fear. I see billboards telling me I'm, I'm not mad enough. I need a truck. Women always having to get bigger boobs or freeze the fat or, you know, we're just not good enough. The world tells us we're not good enough. Go buy the things. So then you got to make the money to buy the things to feel successful. I'm like, no, this is this is vicious cycle. So the first mural I painted was, who will you be? Question mark. That's literally what I wrote on the wall on the left-hand side. And I'm talking to myself. Again, most of our art, in my experience with a lot of artists, we are talking to ourselves. And we're putting reminders up there. And I'm, we're all mirrors of each other. So if I need to see this, someone needs to see it. Maybe it applies a little bit different. So I asked this question, who will you be? And then I painted like 80 different ways of being. Joyful, leader, responsible, humble, worthy, love, amor, gratitude like you name it the list of all of that kind of language this was in 2014 this was 2013 when we started the meal 2014 when we finished it because it was at the end of the year 
This was before emotional intelligence and all this stuff kept happening. And I just wanted to paint a mural that reminded me like, hey, what if I wake up? Yes, I feel shitty. It's cool. We feel shitty. We're human. It happens. But then I'm reminded like, you know, today I'm worthy and I'm going to take responsibility for my life. I'm going to be a leader and I'm being grateful for where I'm at. And I saw that on the wall. So that's how my work kind of started. And for the next couple of years, I painted another mural and another mural and another mural, not knowing what I was doing. You're still a financial advisor. And I'm still a full-time financial advisor. So I was painting that mural and I would go home at like 3 a.m. <laughs> and I lived in Woodland Hills and I painted it in Santa Monica. So that was 45 minutes each way. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> um, so yeah, it was definitely a labor of love. But the next mural was anything can happen, anything can be. It's about living in possibility. The next mural was you are beautiful. The next mural was I am love. The next mural was love. The next one was be humble. The next one was goals and dreams. You start getting a gist of what I'm putting out in the world. And I'm like, well, what is this? Well, okay, it's live through love, which I coined only a couple years ago. But it's love and fear. We operate in love, we operate in fear. You turn on the TV, it's fear. Everything thrown at us is fear, 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 fear. Shootings, pandemics, you're fat, you're dying, uh, politics, uh, taking away women's rights, gay rights, people's rights, all the rights. And it's just all the things that are happening to us to make us feel like victims and, and martyrs and all this. And I'm like, I got to keep putting this message on the world because that is just what the news is showing and what we're tuning into. But there's so much more in the world that actually is love and loving and showing up in love. So I just wanted to remind us that. And here I am. That's kind of where the evolution of all this came. Uh, no longer depressed, but I do have my moments and my days. Uh, we are all human. And you can have your, your fuck off day and watch Netflix all day. It's okay to do that. Don't judge yourself for that. But have a mission. Get it out there. Figure out who you are and be true to yourself. Here we are. I mean, I still doubt myself all the time. But you've got your art to get you through that. I mean, like, you were literally, you were looking at your own work, thinking about your own work, helping you go through your day. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Every day. And I have to, right? I can't be a walking contradiction. Can't paint it on the wall and say, choose love, and then be out here cursing everyone off, getting into fights. <laughs> you know, I always give this example because it's, it's, it's a, it's a great example. You're driving on the freeway. Person cuts you off. Your gut reaction is to just flick them off, curse them out. I hope you get in an accident. Hope you get pulled over. All kind of, Get a flat tire, right? All these things, this rage goes through us. But if you actually take a moment and realize, did they do that to me on purpose? No, they probably didn't see me. And then where are they going to? Maybe they're rushing because they're kid is sick at school. Maybe they're rushing to work and it's their last opportunity before they get fired because they're always late. Whatever the case is, like give them a little compassion and realize no one did that to me on purpose. Most people aren't doing things out to get us. Again, most people aren't. And most people are good in general. <clears throat> Take out sociopaths and psychopaths and put them aside. But most people are trying to just do their own thing and be in their lane. Sometimes we have tunnel vision. So, again, that's the thing. When we choose love, it's let's be compassionate to someone else. Because it might have not been an attack on you. You know, why do we get defensive? Why do we have those feelings? 
So that's it. My art is just constantly trying to make us better humans and better people, and I hope that it, it, it's, I know that it's doing that, and I hope that it resonates with more and more people. Yeah, I keep doing it every single day, and I'm sticking on this path, and one day, who knows where it's going to be, but every year it gets better because I keep pushing forward. Yeah. It's cool. <clears throat> I've said it on this podcast a handful of times, and it, it comes out of my mouth often that I feel one of the marks of great art is that it has the ability to shift consciousness just by looking at it and um, you know different kinds of art does it different ways Every, everyone has a different style and a theme and approach and whatever um, and it's so cool because you're literally talking about consciousness shifts mm-hmm. you know going from fear into love taking a moment, being mindful, being conscious of things like, um, yeah, I admire the directness of your work in that it's like, it's going right at it, you know? It's not, a lot of art for that consciousness shift takes these like roundabout ways and whatever and you're going right to it. Um, Cut through the noise. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Why don't you talk a little bit about like the physical forms of your art. Like um, I'm thinking about, you know, the designs that you use, the colors you choose and, and like the, and also I'm curious, I'm curious about your flow state that you get into while writing the word love. Sometimes I'm telling myself, don't misspell it, don't misspell it. It's not <laughs> it's L-E-O-V-E. Um, <coughs> So it started as murals. I think you just misspelled it. L-O-V. L-O-V. I think, I think you might have just misspelled it. Oh, I had food in my mouth. I had food in my mouth. And it, it was like you, you don't, I could see how that would be really hard. Like, I mean, anytime I'm doing any text, I'm thinking the same thing. And I have to double check seven times because I misspell stuff. I just and a lot of words. I would imagine that it would be like... It would, there would be that element that would be kind of nerve-wracking oh, for you. Side story, I put, a hy- <laughs> I put a hyphen in a mural once, and I tweeted it. You know, on Twitter, it's all the more nerdy of folks, not to say that in a bad way. And nitpicky. Nitpicky, all of that. It's just a whole other <laughs> town hall. They're like, that's not how you use a hyphen. You don't put a hyphen there. Did you do it? Here's the grammar. I'm like, look, I checked grammar here, and I checked there, and like, Tomato, tomato. Right. It's okay. It's it works for what I'm doing here. They're like, you need to go fix that. It's out in the world. I'm like, oh my god. It was six feet. Yeah, you know, I put six dash feet. Who's like, more crazy? I'm like, look, it's up. It is what it is. And a lot of the things is it's about perfectly imperfect and imperfectly perfect. As a perfectionist, I get to surrender to the fact that it's never going to be as perfect as I want it. But that doesn't mean it's not perfect for the world. Right. So you're a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The line can't be straight enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I invent ways of doing things because of how I wanted it to be. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what if I do it this way then? This way or this way? Or I could be up on a mirror on three, four stories up in the air. No one is going to see this. Right. But I'm there with a little brush, like, oh, the stucco is still showing. <laughs> and I'm like, no one's good, but I don't know. Right? Know. You'll sleep better at night. But uh, the process, so yeah, it started with murals, went to canvases, 
couple years ago then, people were like, you should do prints. I'm like, what are prints? Figure out what prints are. Goes to prints. Then I'm like, clothing, you know? All this stuff ties to things in my life, though. Like, I've always been into clothes, and I love clothes. So, launches into clothing. I also do poetry, so then that was a poetry journal. Mm -hmm. And then I got, I was always like, what's after the mural? What's the next form of public art? Sculptures. Now we're, now we're doing sculptures. They got 10 out in the world, big ones right now. And I'm sending one to Charleston that's 15 feet tall. It's huge. Nice. You can walk under it. And you're just like, dude, my scribble is 15 feet tall. This is amazing. Made out of metal. Yeah. Anyway, um, what else? We're on. <clears throat> My medium is almost. I've done cars. Yeah. Had a partnership with BMW. We've done three BMWs. Tequila. Tumblr. I mean, what can't I put it on? Is what I ask. Yeah. I haven't found anything that I can't put it on yet. You put on some shoes, right? I saw some shoes. shoes. You're a sneakerhead. Skulls. I'm a sneakerhead. So like, I've designed a lot of Jordans. One day, Jordans calling. I'm, so, I'm this close. Yeah. They'll be like, all right, dude, you get the green light. <laughs> Come on board. So, Talk um, about um, spray painting a little bit. How did you get into it? When Was it on that first mural that you did? No, did that was all hand-painted. Okay. Spray paint's been, look, I've been an artist my whole life. So it's not like I went and all of a sudden knew, I'm like, oh, I'm an artist. Let me go figure this out. Since I was a kid, I was drawing. I was drawing realistic faces. I would draw comic book covers. I would draw Wolverine. Like, you name it. Tagging, graffiti, all of that stuff. Um, and then you get away from it. And I was in sports. And it was like, go be a doctor and get good grades. And I'm like, okay, and I'll play sports. I played three sports. So that just kept me busy. So I never really went into anything crazy. I didn't do any illegal graffiti on the record or anything I would get in trouble for. <laughs> But, uh, you know, weekends I would do art class. I used to, I had this huge oil painting practice for a while when I was young. Charcoals and different things. Like stuff that you would never think I would have painted. Yeah. Um, and it, I put up a mural with, with a buddy where we put faces and things and it just doesn't hit the way my other stuff. I'm like, I need to make my stuff as clear, as concise as possible. And I was having a conversation with another artist, poet buddy of mine. I actually designed his book cover that he just released. And we were just talking about... Which one? Humble the Poet. Oh, he's so awesome. So there. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Look at that. So uh, we were just talking about... He's like, look, Ruben, like, just really think about it and s sit in it. Like, you've made your art at every level, expanded on it, contracted on it. But the fact that you've gotten to the point of making it so simple, that's like what we all strive for. Like, what's the most concise poem? What's the most concise book? What's the most concise piece of art, film, music, whatever? And you get it done in one word and make it that impactful. So, like, when people tell me this, I need to take it in because I'm not that great at acknowledging myself. You know, it's like, ooh, I did a deal with the NFL. Cool, what's next? No, that was freaking awesome. Like, you know? So yeah, anyway, it's, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. Where were we? Uh, we were talking about spray paint, and you were saying that spray you've been, paint, you've been yes. your so, whole life. So, you know, I, I did models, yep. spray painted the models. So I've always used spray paint in many different things, but yep. never really 
at what I do it with now. Yeah. You're talking about like car mo- little car, models. Yeah, car and models, and I would make them low riders and totally trick them out. It wouldn't just be a nice. stock car. <laughs> yeah. And like that's how I am in my cars now. Um, but uh, spray paint was a natural evolution. But I remember as a kid growing up, it wasn't Montana or, or, or Montana 94. It was Krylon. Yep. Right? And then when you're on a baller on a budget, you're just crushing through a stoleum. But you're limited to the options of the tips and whatever you're using there. But like the cans nowadays and the tips you can use, there's so much. You can put a New York fat, New York tip on there and you've got some edges, fat caps, skinny bananas, regulars, universal. Like there's so many tips. But it just became a part of me like a pen. And I use it as a pen. And most of my murals are a combination between the two. Mm-hmm. And my paintings are a combination between the two. So, like, there's cans everywhere here. Yeah, yeah, you got a rack of cans over here, and I like how they're, like, organized by color and probably by, I mean, you got, like, grays and mm-hmm. white, like, grayscale down low and then into, like, skin tones and then up into the more primaries up high. Yeah, that's sweet. Yep. Yeah, and then it's cool. I'm just going to describe this for the viewers here or for the listeners. And then on the right side, you have, are these foam? Boards? Mm-mm. Plywood. Mm-hmm. Plywood? Yeah, so there's like four, four by eight sheets. So it's like, what, 12 feet, 12 by eight feet tall. And they're all spray painted up and like tons of color and everything. And um, you can see that there's been all these different rectangles of different shapes that were on here that have like the overspray from it. And I buffed it out once and painted it all white and started over again. Really? Like, why? <laughs> I've had different designs here. My sculpture's up there. It does a different cutout. Dude, this would be a sweet piece of art on its own. Yeah. Like, next time you fill it up all crazy. But there's a funny story with this. So, uh, what year was it? I don't remember the year. But I did a Taco Bell commercial. And I was just hired as the artist actor. And my line was... My dreams are unbreakable. Um, I don't eat Taco Bell, so it's funny, but paid really well. It was nice. It was supposed to be a Super Bowl commercial, but then they held it and put it through March Madness. Okay. So it got more views that way. <laughs> all right. But those two panels were part of all of this. So it was 25 feet long, 20 feet, 20 feet long, and I painted a mural. It said create, because then the director's like, instead of us painting a fake mural for you, do you just want to paint the mural and then when you're saying your line you're painting your real mural on the commercial i'm like yeah cool he's <laughs> like we can't pay you more for that it'll just showcase your art I'm like of course every opportunity you want to showcase your art so so i spent two days painting a mural for my eight seconds of a line <laughs> but that's how i think it's like big vision long-term play I could say I painted a mural live while doing a line on a commercial that aired nationally. That's huge. (laughs) That's huge. But yeah, so that actually was that, and they gave it to me later, and I had it in storage somewhere before I even got the space. Then I got the space and said, I need to build something because those walls are like hard plaster stuff. And then I brought it here, and here they are. Yeah. 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 Everything has a story. Totally. Especially in an artist's studio. Um, I'm thinking maybe you should tell the listeners about your new artistic venture, which is your podcast. 
mm. and what that experience has been like so far. So if I look at everything that I'm doing, because I didn't go up to the, I didn't get my MFA, I didn't go to art class, I didn't go into any of that. And you in that space and other artists in that space, some type of people are like, what's your MFA? Or where did you study? Or who'd you work under? Or what these, and like, I was, I was going to be a surgeon. You need a knee replacement? I got you. <laughs> but uh, I just stayed in my own lane and created my thing. And kept doing it. And sometimes people say you need to just stick to the canvas and do nothing else. Or some people would say, Ruben, you've put things on too many things. Like it's not good for galleries or for this or what. I'm like, you know what? It's all bullshit. I'm going to make my conversation so loud that you have to join me and want to come join me. Because I'm not going to beg anyone for anything. And I, I encourage everyone to use that. Just do you and make it so loud that they're going to come to you. And don't beg or conform to anybody else. So the podcast is called Live Through Love. It's an extension of the thesis or the vision or the mission of my work. We're talking about how people are living through love. We have some amazing guests on there. We've had our buddy Lewis Howes on there, Cedric the Entertainer, Tabitha Brown, Katino Mobley. Darren Olin, you name it. There's just been a slew of awesome people. And that's what we talk about, love and, and choosing love. And I've had artists on there, Wordsmith and Jason Naylor. And it's not art-specific or creator-specific or Humble the Poet on there, NQ on there. I've got Atticus coming on there. So you never know who's going to come on the show. Health people. And we talk about all these things. I say there's the four pillars of live through love, the creative artists and all of that. There's the mental health and wellness. There's the entrepreneurial side. And there's the physical wellness. Because as an athlete my whole life, and a health guy, like that's also part of this. I think we need to take care of our physical and mental health to put the best work out there, to show up the best for everybody else. And every artist is an entrepreneur. As much as we want to say, no, it's going to taint me or take away from my process, like, bro, if you're not your own marketing machine, your own entrepreneur, your own boss, your own creative whatever title you want to give yourself, who's going to do it for you? And you don't want to be like, you want to have an agent, you want to have a manager, you want to be a gallery. But how are you going to get there? You have to pitch yourself. You got to package yourself. You got to know how to sell yourself. Every single person is a salesman. So the podcast, again, is just an extension of what does it mean to live through love? What does it mean to choose love? What does it mean to embrace the paintings that I'm putting out in the world? And we're having conversations around that. And it's art in itself. The way it's set up, full camera acts, a fork. You could put it in AMC theater and it'll be crystal clear because we shoot it in 4K. So we don't skimp on it. Yeah. But as you know, and anyone else who's podcasted, it's, it's a long road. And, and mine tends to be pretty expensive to produce, so one day, hopefully, that gets returned and whatever reason that is. But for now, it's, it's fun. It's, it's not easy, though, either. It's yeah, holding space. Yep. It's an it's a act of presence. And uh, it's so cool, though. <laughs> I love having a podcast. And that's actually all my guests signing love. No way. Sweet. That's cool. And then they sign next to it. So that's why that looks the way it looks. There's a big painting on the wall for everybody listening that 
Scott, every so everybody signed their own love on there. Yep, every Sweet. every guest that's been on the show. Oh, that's cool. Everyone's not as good at, as you at writing it. <laughs> You've got a little practice though. But that's their way. <laughs> True. I've been surprised by a few. This is Lewis. Nice. That's humble. <laughs> that's cool. Um. Yeah, why don't, I mean, okay, so this podcast, for me, the Art and Life podcast, is like born out of Lewis Howes' podcast, the uh, School of Greatness. And, you know, I've been to the, the summits, and it's like, I had this side job as a construction worker. I had side jobs all along. I, I, I did get a BFA, and then, you know, and I had, I was bartending, I was serving at places, and... Um, I, I was doing construction for a while as my side job. And during that job, like five years ago for the previous three, I just got to listen to podcasts all, and books all the time. And I just like ripped through all of the School of Greatness podcasts. And it really was like, that That felt like my master's program. And it, you know, I learned business and entrepreneurship and wellness and all these things and just like it really sharpened me in and then I was like man I feel like I could do a podcast like that except on the topic of creativity and art and so then that's where this was born out of um you want to talk for a second about how awesome Lewis House is <laughs> wait what, what's your experience with Lewis House shout out Lewis um <laughs> no I love him he just turned I was just at his birthday he had a big birthday. Um, he's what led me to the workshop that led me to painting the mural. Mm. So what? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. Well, and so, I mean, a lot. Your work has this consciousness and mind um, mindfulness element, and that's one thing that I really respect about Lewis is that he's you know a football guy from Ohio. Uh, who has gone through this like this transformation through life, you know, going through his facing his shadows and really working through his trauma of his past, and then you know coming to to mindfulness. So I imagine that that make that makes sense that you guys went to like a workshop on that, and mm -hmm. and that you're you're a similar high frequency human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he just dropped his new book, Great Greatness Mindset. Check it out, great book. Yep. It's basically the entire school of greatness in a book. And it's real palatable. I, I crushed through it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I just heard, I listened to some podcasts of his yesterday when I was doing a mural. And, uh, Did you hear his episode on mine? No. No. Mm. I got to listen to that. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to your podcast, but I got to go back and hear that one. Yeah. When was that? Uh, it March fifteenth. It came out a okay. weeks ago. Sweet, super recent. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's cool. Talk to us a little bit. So this is something that I'm unfamiliar with. And uh, tell me about how this works. So you have tequila over here with your with your uh, love design on it. You've got, you know, and you're showing me all these different like things, these brands that you've connected with. How does that work for creative artists and what does that look like? So I've always been, look, I played team sports, right? I played soccer, football, and I ran track. I've always been a collaborator. Uh, 
as an artist, it's very lonely. As a creative, it could be very... I'm in here for hours sometimes by myself. I go home to my family, but I'm here. And, you know, I talk to friends. Talk, talk to Lewis, talk to home. Like, it's very lonely what we do, even though we're around people and social and have things. Um, collaboration is something that's so important to me because... I'll use a couple different examples. One is, I get an email. Hey, dude, love your work. I have a wall for you. Do your thing. Worst thing you could do is tell an artist, do your thing, love your work. Because guess what? I'll do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's, excuse me, that's not what I wanted. I'm like, you said do my thing. Does it not look like my work? Is it not my thing? Yeah, it is. It's cool. It's great. It's not what I wanted. I wanted this. Why didn't you just tell me you wanted a version of this? Second worst thing you could do, it's just, it's right in line with that first worst thing you could do. <laughs> hey, dude, love your work. We want you to paint this on the wall. Has nothing to do with my work. Yeah. And, and this was actually a, a, a big campaign, like commercial, big deal. And I'm like, well, why'd you hire me? Well, they're like, you're good on camera, you're charismatic, you're great on the fly. Like, we want you to be the face of the whole campaign. Cool. Your work's inspiring. It's beautiful. You, everything you're doing, we would just want to partner with you because you're the way you're showing up in the world. But why do you want me to paint triangles? I don't paint triangles. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's an extrapolation of our logo. I'm like, okay, but nobody knows that either. And if I'm all these things you just told me, don't you also want to use whatever you know, brand equity or clout or whatever it is that I have to also help the campaign that you're paying me for? Because then just hire the triangle guy to do his or her thing that is triangles. And that's all they do. They're like, yeah, but they're not you. So can I just do me? I finally got to the point where they let me do me and it was fine. But like those are the two words. It's like you hire an artist, you know what they're gonna do. Like, give them grace. But to me, collaboration is: hey, we love all these things that you do. Boom. Here is our mood board, our vision. How can we meet in the middle? That's the perfect client, right? So like, or perfect people to work with. They're complementary artists. You know, like Wordsmith and I, we do a lot of collabs together because. Simple words, my stuff, mesh it together. It works well. Yeah. So. And then like this tequila brand over here. So back to collaboration. And now it's licensing is a whole new. It's not new. But I really want to go down this alleyway because I've been doing this for years. Like I, I launched my own clothing line. I've launched everything. Jewelry. I've dabbled in it all, blankets and towels and bandanas and tumblers. And, and I'm like, why do I need to take, and let me just tell you, all my money goes back into the business to grow it. It's not like I'm pocketing it and running all over the place, balling out of control. But licensing now is an opportunity of like, yo, does Ruben need his own actual tequila or can Ruben drop a signature love bottle with an amazing tequila company? And we both win, and we have a story now. Artisanal tequila, made old school way. Each bottle's handmade, handcrafted in the kiln. Like, I see the process, and I'm like, cool. Then you taste it, and you're like, oh, come on. 
So I had to, oh, I say, you know, what's love taste like? That bottle of tequila. <laughs> That's what love tastes like. You'll, I'll have you taste some in a little bit. But partnering with the right people. But now it's, you can both amplify each other, missions that align, and now it's licensing. I get paid. We did something cool. Gets my brand out there more. Gets their brand out there more. They're showing as, as supporting an artist. Like, that's when it starts becoming a win-win. So to me, it's about collaboration. I did something with BMW. I was a partner with them for three years. I drove around a free, fully loaded X5, with, and they paid for me to wrap my love all over it. I hand-applied it, did a couple other cars. Like, that was a beautiful project. I also grew up in BMWs. Like, I love BMWs. Like, I'm, I have, can't wait to get the next one. You know, if uh, well, I don't want to poo-poo on any cars because almost all cars are really cool now, but let's let's take back an old Ford Gremlin or something. If they're like, "Hey, dude, we're gonna sponsor you, free car. Here it is. Put your art on it." I'm like, "No, that doesn't vibe. I would never drive it. I don't support it. It doesn't align with me." So, I very much say when you partner, because you can easily partner with the wrong partner if you're doing it for money or for whatever you think you're gonna get out of it. Do it because it feels good. Do it because it feels right. Do it because you love it. And you can actually authentically talk about it. It was very easy to me to go talk about BMW all day. Yeah. I learned to drive a BMW. I grew up in a BMW. I love a BMW. You know, if Mercedes came to me, don't love it as much. <laughs> but guess what? My dad drove the Mercedes. My mom drove the Beamer. So... I have a little affinity to Benz, but between the two, BMW all day, let's go. <laughs> Just That's as an cool. example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about like <clears throat> authentic collaborations, authentic partnerships, which then allow you to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, no, that, that's a good idea. And I think, you know, people that listen to this podcast are artists and creatives of all kinds. And I feel like that sort of thing, um, you know, is just so, it's something good to think about with their art and like how to apply it to the commercial world. Um, are you ready to do the question section? It's your world, Taylor. It's your world. <laughs> well, we're in your studio, but this is, this is the Art and Life podcast. We'll dive in. Um, <laughs> it's funny that we were just talking about that. Question one is a different kind of collaboration. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, so the question is, who in the world throughout time, if you had, if you have a time machine or go anywhere on the planet, uh, who would you want to do a collaborative work with? And I'm thinking like an individual artist. Artist specifically? Artist, creator of any kind. Oh, my. It, it could be anybody. This is tough. There's so many. This question's fun because I can almost like see you going through. I'm going through eras now in my head. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, geez, like Picasso might be fun, or maybe like Mondrian Picasso's on the Roth. list. You talked about Rothko earlier. <laughs> Picasso's on the list. You just said it, so I'm gonna say it. My name a few people: Basquiat. Yeah. Um, Salvador Dali. Loved me some Dolly. Um, Escher. 
think we say his name wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, current right now, Banksy. Yeah. <laughs> but way back, way back, you know, way back, yeah. the first human that painted on a cave. Mm-hmm. The very first human. <laughs> that person. Yes. That's the person. Yeah, I like that. Back in Moscow. Don't know who that is. No? No. Don't know if they were half ape. Don't know if it was Lucy. Yep. But that person. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's great. Do some cave paintings. Yeah. Um, Nice. Good good answer. All right. Uh, Question two is, where would you like to see things be in five years? What things in general, though? Can you Any, make it more specific? Any things you want to talk about? The Jordan collab, for sure. Um, designing the uniform for the Olympic team when they're in L.A. in 2028. I've mocked them up. I mocked them up years ago. Really? You know, it's been on my list. Um, I want my version of the Chicago bean. Yeah. Like a sculpture that big. They're getting there. That thing's huge. Pretty. That would be awesome. Where would you put it? wherever it needs to go definitely strong international footprint yeah middle east asia um i think there's more actual growth and potential outside of the u.s so looking at navigating that um live through love media is like exponentially bigger than my little podcast Whatever that looks like, I don't know. This show's on Netflix. I've thrown that out a lot. Or a stream or something that's at that level. Yeah. Um, but bigger guests. And mostly bigger guests because bigger guests have more eyeballs on them. Right. Not because they're any better than anyone else. It's just that the truth of the matter is they have more eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, which helps us deliver the message further. Um, probably at least another 10 no 15 countries under my belt visiting traveling yeah we travel a lot this is going to be our lowest travel year in a while yeah because you guys have a a daughter is that right a son a son okay he's been eight countries already has he really nice that's not why we're traveling less Um, my wife's back in real estate so she's rebuilding and okay. you just got to be here for that yeah uh, i mean we'll still hit like a few countries but not as many what else second kid uh, the clothing line is exponentially bigger don't know yet exactly what that looks like but with the right partner and that team built out like stop being so lonely i have a big team around me but they're all like 1099 contractor partners, not so much in-house employee type. That's a whole other animal of, you know, I don't know if you've looked at like Jeff Koons Masterclass or any of these things. They have, they employ like hundreds of artists. Wow. Wow. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned, <laughs> this is a tangent, <laughs> is like as the artist, you don't have to do it all. It took me a very long time. And then I started realizing like, how can I make 10 sculptures, 100 paintings, 100 prints, a whole clothing line, all the pot? How can I do everything if it's only me? 
your vision can be executed with help from people. That's how you make it bigger. You finalize it, you design it, you put all the thing on there, but you could paint, you could draw the shape. Someone else could fill it in. And like you start learning like, wow, that's what some of these greats did. Like, no wonder they're so prolific in the amount of work. But you're, it's just like anything else. You're employing people to help you put it out there. So that took me a long time to figure out, wrap my head around and be okay with it. Be okay with, totally. Because I would imagine, you know, that, that thought you have, like a, it's like your work, you know, it's your baby. And to hand that off to people. Well, it's not like a full-off handoff or anything, but like, no, it's it's just getting over the fact that you realize, you think that you have to do everything. Right. I used to stretch my own canvases, also. Yeah. A, it was yeah, I was trying to save money and I wasn't making money yet, but still, you start extrapolating everything. Like, you don't have time to do all this shit, and it doesn't serve you. Right. You know, so that's that's mostly why. I don't need a prime a canvas to make it my canvas. No. No. So. Nice. All right, question three. Now, you kind of dove into this a little bit, uh, but we'll have you put it together with a nice little bow on it here. So, in terms of advice, this is for creatives of all kinds, all backgrounds themes, genres, mediums, styles, everything. Um, what would you say the most important thing is to focus on? You got to focus on your why. Why do you do it? Because there's a lot of bad days. There's a lot of hard days. There's a lot of you're not making money days. I think too many people are worried about the end goal. Like the journey, it's all about the journey. Enjoy it. Like every time I get up to a wall and I'm about to start a mural, I'm like, oh shit, here we go again. 12 hours, four days, I'm going to be wrecked. And then you go through the ugly phases. You put the outlines up and you're like, oh, I'm tired. I just did the outlines. Then you start filling it in. Then there's an ugly phase and then it's done. Then you're like, ah. But what the world sees is the done mural. They don't know about the four 12-hour days. Not to mention dealing with a client in the first place and the revisions and sketches and all that. There's probably another two, three weeks of that. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we overlook all these. But all that is part of the journey. We just want that finished product. Here, I want to post the finished mural on my Instagram. We don't really post the rest. But the rest is what got you there and it's going to get you to the next one. And the why is the thing that is like the driver of it all. Mm-hmm. On your good days, on your bad days, it keeps you going. Yep. Yep. Nice. That's solid. Um, all right. Now, question four. This is the big one. What's your definition of art? Dude, that definitely has changed. <clears throat> Look, I judge my own art all the time. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that's art? I really did that? That's art? And I know I put in way more. It's There's definite art there. I'm not I'm not judging it in the sense that it's not. But like a couple of years ago, that stunt in Art Basel with the banana and the duct tape. That to me, like anything in that stunts, 
That to me is a stunt. <laughs> but there's an art in the stunt. So the definition of art is anything any human has created and wants to label it as art. Like this, we're drinking coconut water. Thank you for the Vita Coco. This is art. And they call it what's the artwork or the branding of the bottle. Mm-hmm. But just because we don't think of it as art. Even I get mixed up and I put the logo on my shirt here, right? My hoodie or my t-shirt. No, this is an artistic extension of my murals, my paintings, my canvas. It just happens to be on a t-shirt now. It's not like a guest t-shirt with guests on it. I don't even know why I brought up that brand. I haven't worn it since I was in eighth grade. But uh, it just came up. It just flowed. (laughs) But that's just a logo on a thing. And the people think this is my logo. It's not my logo. This is my artwork. My logo is my signature. And I sign everything I do has my signature. That means it's a piece of finished artwork. So wherever my oh yeah my signature is. So art's whatever you want it to be. Period. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like it, and I like that you bring up the banana, the stunt, and like the <clears throat> the line between like quote unquote art and stunt it's been completely blended together now. So like, it's just really a spectrum now and there's like more, some things that are more stunt and more and less art or vice versa. There's like, I make, it kind of reminds me of what I'm imagining now is, you know, on this, on this Procreate color wheel, you know, you have the range of colors on the outside that you can pick different, different colors and then on the center you, you can go between like that color really dark, that color really light, or that color full, and you can just kind of move it around the spectrum. It's like there are no hard lines surrounding art at this point in like movements or styles or genres or anything. And like, um, I mean, I guess like labels that are put on art movements seem to be applied later. Like you can't really like. I wonder if like you, impressionist period or cubism yeah. or like yeah. You didn't know while it was happening. No, could you do it at the time? Like street art, people still think, oh, that's graffiti. Graffiti's a movement. Murals are its own movement. And street art's its own, yeah, they're all, you can throw it all under murals or public art or whatever, but you don't name it until like, yeah, you're in it. Yeah, yeah. Until you can really like look back on it and separate it out. Like, well, that was more that and that was more that. I would flip back a question to you. When is art not art? Ooh. Oh, you're asking me questions now? <laughs> I know. I wasn't ready for that. No, I'm just kidding. When is art not art? Well, some people would say when it's... I guess that there's like a division between art and craft. Which is hard to me, hard for me to like fully get on board. Um, or when it's like... Well, you could go back to the label on this coconut water. Yeah, I... Yeah. This is artwork for this, but is it art? No. Also, like I did a 10-story mural. I had nightmares for a year. Cause, but I'm like, how am I going to do this? I've never done anything. It's, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I happened to do a project for a Range Rover on a 10-story mural in L.A., but I couldn't touch the mural. I just did all the digital, and they reenacted it for me. I put my names, put all my stuff up there. It was great. It was billboard painters. 
billboard painters. I because I, I was there with them. I got to know. I'm like, dude, can I go like touch it? This is me being the artist again. Remember? Yeah. You got to <laughs> surrender to other people also doing it for you to put it out there. Right. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say this is one of my murals, but I would say it is a ten story piece of artwork that I created that someone else installed. But that was a billboard. Billboard painters are craftsmen. You give them anything, they could paint it on the wall. But what they'll tell you, that's these guys that I talked to, they said, we're not artists. What? We're very skilled. We're yeah. very talented. We know what to do. Yeah. But this is what we do. You give us what you want us to do. Usually it's a vodka bottle. Yeah. And they make it super realistic and awesome. They say every time they hire an artist, quote unquote, the artist quits real quick because they're like, I want to paint my thing because it's ego. I think that's the big difference there. They can totally become artists but they're craftsmen and they're skilled highly skilled labor or whatever you want to call it but when is art not art i don't know it's a great question but i will say you know and i'll ask you and when i go through the fairs i go to art basel i check out you know red dot art miami whatever how many more people are doing the same thing over and over and over and like, why is one better than the other? Like, how many more Marilyn Monroe's and Audrey Hepburns do we need? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, I mean, I, I think another facet of great art is that it's, it's degree of originality. And, uh, you know, there's, there are a lot of people that are recycling concepts and recycling uh, art movements. There's a lot, like, I see so much, like, pop art contemporary pop art that's using old recycled Andy Warhol themes that are put into new directions and then like adding in you know Marilyn Monroe and Aubrey Hepburn and similar similar color schemes and everything like that but they're like oh but now it has Bitcoin as a design in it so it's like today and yeah so look I'm not saying that as a comment to judge but Picasso said great artists steal sure and he probably stole that quote himself right yeah <laughs> um <laughs> And look, I didn't invent the word love. I do it the way I do it. And I do have a boatload of copycats now. So we've inspired people. When we inspire people to do something, it's great. But at the same time, is you can start by copying someone. But when do you make it yours? Like, when, when do you evolve? Like, do it, do it, and then do the next thing. Or are you a one-trick pony? Or are you... It's just a question of evolution. Like, what's next after you copied Banksy? You're like, oh, you do it just like Banksy. Okay, but what's your next thing? That's cool. Got you on the map. You started it. Nothing wrong with that. Your version of the Banksy. Your version of whatever. But what's, when do you get to your version? We were just having that convo. Like, you could paint everything. You could do it all. You know, a lot of us could do everything we really wanted to. Let's do some still life too. Cool. It's, you know, there's a, look at that apple. Look at the shadow. But is that what we want to do? No. When do you get to you? What's next? And what's the question that we ask ourselves to, well, when is it mine? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably, that's also a spectrum of going from, you know, copycat zone and then like little by little. And I think that's when, as the artist, as the creative, you need to be asking yourself, like, you just need to be authentic to yourself and your creative ideas and your inspiration and your vision and then follow those things so that, you know, you start out like Banksy, but then two years later, like, you look nothing like Banksy because, and that's, that's one thing that I, 
people talk about style a lot and I always sort of like I just back away from style in general because I feel like like leading with a style like having an intention to make something in a style is like I feel like style is a byproduct of your intention and your parameters so if you're trying to it's like the wake of a boat so if you're trying to copy a style then you're basically trying to copy like the intention and parameters of something else so like if you reset the the intention and parameters then you're going to get a new style every time and so yeah we don't need more Basquiat's we don't there was one already and he killed it <laughs> he did great <laughs> oh, alright sweet well um, this is the part of the podcast where I thank my guests so I want to say thank you very much for sitting with me taking your time sharing your art your creativity your wisdom in this field and um, yeah it's a uh, it's been really awesome watching you, and I'm pumped for what five years from now looks like. So, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can buy your stuff? Um, yeah. How can they connect? <laughs> After this bite. <laughs> this is a good bite. It's crunchy. Mm -hmm. Mind you, he just asked me that as I loaded my mouth with <laughs> cucumbers, bell peppers, carrots, and lettuce. Uh, Ruben Rojas, basically on everything. R-U-B-E-N-R-O-J-A-S, RubenRojas.com. At Ruben Rojas, the podcast is Live Through Love. Just Google my name, stuff will appear. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> TikTok has like an underscore. So Ruben Rojas will get you most places. Nice. Nice. Uh, all right, cool. We're about, we'll take a break here uh, be before we go. Can you give everybody some off-the-cuff wisdom? One last piece of wisdom. Mm. Anything that comes to you. If you walk out my studio door and look west... There are three words on the wall, not including the design of the heart, which then could be a fourth word for those that aren't looking at it. But it says life is now. Life is now and today is someday. Keep going because before you know it, it sounds cliche and you've seen the memes and the quote cards, but like five years from now, you'll wish, uh, you'll be looking back and realizing like that's who you wish you were at the time. Like you're going to be that person. Just keep going. And if you're an aspiring creator, bonus, don't quit the job cold turkey without realizing if you can actually make a living with it. And by that means, can you actually make a little dollar? If it's a dollar or two dollars or five dollars, like make it real before you quit. Because if you quit and it's not a lack of belief or skill or anything in yourself, don't think of it that way. It's more realizing that you can make it a system and then pay yourself to live. Because if you don't do that, you will go running right back to your old job. Say, see, this is why I didn't try it forever. And then you'll always think you're just a failure. And that's not the case. It's just you didn't plan appropriately. Dude, that was great. Good bonus wisdom. All right, sweet. We'll be right back. Part two is brought to you by Steady State Roasting in Carlsbad, California. This place is my favorite coffee shop on the West Coast. 
and the coffee is the best. They roast all their own coffees from around the world and have a roasting collective for the local coffee making community. Check them out in the village of Carlsbad or order their beans online at steadystateroasting.com. And we're back. Okay. Ruben just poured me a glass of tequila. We glass just, of love, bro. It's so good. <laughs> this is great. It's smooth. It's kind of, uh, oh, not sweet, but like a little bit like... The sweetness Arnold. comes from because it's finished in a sherry cask. Okay, yep. So it's an oak cask, then a sherry cask. It's añejo. It's a sipper. You don't put this in a margarita. No. There's a little smokiness to it. <clears throat> nice. Cool. All right. So uh, we're on to part two of this podcast now. Um, we got all the... We got all the formalities out of the way. How you feeling now? More loved, warm and fuzzy, because now I'm drinking my love. <laughs> I'm feeling that same thing. Yep. Down in the throat, down in the chest. Um, do you get nervous for podcasts at all? Like when I'm hosting them? Or yeah, on them? at all. Either way. And you, I mean, you just talked about you're going to do... Like you're you're doing a keynote speech here upcoming. Like, do you get nervous for public speaking I'm of any kind? I'm terrified of that. Are you? So for the longest time, I was I put it on a goal. I'm gonna do a TED talk. I'm gonna do a TED talk. I'm gonna do a TED talk. Woo 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 woo! Dancing around like throwing it out there like I'm gonna do it. Then I got the call. Hey, we're inviting you to do a TED talk. I almost shit my pants because I'm like, oh shit! I said I wanted to do one of these things. Now it's here. I have to say yes. If I say no, then I'm not going to do the thing I wanted to go do. So I was like, yes. And I've done two now. Wow. And I was still nervous for the second one also. But yeah, the first one was in Venice. The second one I did Manhattan Beach. Nice. What's, um, they work with you on like... <coughs> your speech and presentation right do they do they kind of they're like... supposed to the first one was supposed to help a lot more than it did and it was <laughs> rough what's rough is throw me on a stage and just let me talk yeah. let's go what's up guys what am i gonna talk about today how are you feeling how you like you could do that but when you write out your script and your speech and you have to have it so concise you're like you got to deliver boom 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 eight minutes and that's it. Once your time's done, you better be finished. You better be on the money. You better. That's a whole different animal because you've been practicing and written something down. And then I'm like, oh, I missed a word. Oh, I skipped a line. Like I get in my head. So I put more pressure on myself because it was a memorized thing. It's not off the cuff. It's literally memorized. So I think that's the difference. You throw me on stage to just go off the cuff on the mic and free flow. Different ballgame. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the difference with why I'd be nervous for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like we were talking about, so on your podcast that so you've got, some of them are in interviews, and then some of them you just talk. And like, so you're, those ones are really cool. I listen to a bunch of those, and like, you just free flow. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you get, I mean, do you feel like you're in a flow state when you do that? I mean, you, and you said you do poetry also? Mm hmm Is that, is that, do you have a direct connection between like your flow state and words? 
Obviously, Taylor. <laughs> Love everywhere. When I'm in the zone, I'm in the zone. I think, I think a, a thing that artists get stuck on is I'm not feeling it or I'm not in flow. When you're a professional artist, just like if you're a professional athlete, we're not always feeling it. We're not always in the zone. We're not always not injured or foggy-headed or whatever the case is. But you're a professional. doesn't matter. You show up. So that's all I got to say. You just show up. Is it always your best work? No. Did you get better from it? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Learning all the time, especially from any sort of uh, failure. My stepdad always says that lessons are expensive in time, energy, or money, and sometimes all three. Yeah, but they're not as expensive if you actually learn from them. Right. They're investments. Mm-hmm. It's education. <laughs> School of hard knocks. That's the, that's, your, that's the pain point. That was the tuition. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, this tequila is fantastic. Are you... How'd you meet these guys? They, One of the partners knew of me through a buddy that had a Mexican restaurant, but then someone else connected us. And then the other partner, that's how I met him. And we kind of just hit it off. And it... I mean, it took us almost two years to get to this point and finally release it. It's like... I almost got annoyed. Like, are we doing this or not? Like... Yeah. But at the same time, you, you needed to do it right. Yeah. Like, we invented how you finish this bottle. The first one's I hand-painted. I'm like, you can't hand-paint 20,000 bottles. No. I'll never finish. No. Uh, and then the thought was... Um, the team would help recreate it, but there was no chance, not even close. I'm like, can't put our name on that. No. So then we went back to the drawing board, made it digitally, and figured out how can we get that to apply to a ceramic bottle. Nice. And here we are. Yeah, it's looking great. Yeah, that's cool. There's 438 cases or 58 cases going to Texas right now. Really? Nice. And then it's in a few different states, but yeah. Yeah. I think Sweet. a bunch just went to Arizona too. Um, I just had this thought about how like as you gain energy and momentum in your life and in your career, um, there, there becomes this like gravity around you and your work like you know a friend of a friend connected you with this um tequila company and it's like when you're when you're going when you're doing your thing when you get in into your your flow and you build it up and you get that gravity going um it's like people start to just like want to buy in and want to get involved and want to help you and um it's cool. I played poker with some friends the other night, and it kind of reminds me of like when your when your chip stack starts to get a little bigger, then you can start to like buy pots from people because you're like you have this momentum and energy, and it, it's almost like the world sort of starts to bend towards you a little bit. You feeling like that these days? It looks like you probably should be. I don't know if the poker analogy. I'm not saying this to like poo poo on your analogy, but the poker analogy. 
makes I know what you're saying and I and I'm going to use it in a lesson of you know when I was in real estate I was in finance I just have to make more and more and more money more and more and more money so when you become a big dog and you can take and take over the pots and you're like what flex on me you're going all in I'll match you I'll call you let's go and if you lose you're like here's a few bucks I've still got the I'm still the chip leader um, that's more of a different mentality I'm not saying this to negate what you said but I, I'm saying in the sense of how I used to operate or how most of the world operates is you have to kick, scream, and claw your way to the top and just run over everybody. And that's how a lot of people do operate. Right. I now think it's different. You framed it in this capacity of, um, you know, Ben's with you when you have momentum with you, but let's take everyone with us. We rise by lifting others. Right. I think in the art world, just from my experience... There's still a lot of scarcity and ego. And people are afraid of what they don't know they can accomplish. Or they're afraid of sharing because they think they're going to give some secret away to another artist they're collaborating with that's going to do I don't know what. But like collaboration is a beautiful thing because you could learn from each other. You could e evolve each other, give each other feedbacks and gaps. Or complement each other. Two different works that work well together could complement each other. So, yeah. So, I think I think we're totally bike shedding here, but but it's keeping the foot on the gas too. So it's not that everything's bending to my will. It's I'm not stopping this train. The train's getting more steam, and I'm going to keep going. The little engine that could is going to keep pushing. And that thing I said earlier, you got to make, I'm making my conversation so loud that you want to join it instead of me trying to join everyone else's conversations. And once it gets that loud, it's easier for you to join other conversations. We're not saying there's anything wrong with that, but not to conform or sacrifice to get into some other space or circle. or Right. Right. You keep doing your thing. And it just like gains and it's like a braid that just like keeps on weaving into itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool when you're, you know, this is a common theme, but if, uh, if you are, the more you, you are, uh, the more it allows everybody around you to feel more comfortable being themselves. And there's just this like sort of a, a wave of going that direction. And I like that you backed off of the poker metaphor because yeah poker is a game where you play against each other and it's like there's a it's a there's a winner and there's losers um but like with art with creativity when when one person wins then everybody else wins too yeah and again it's good for winners and losers i'm not about the participation trophy right Dude, my, kid's, <laughs> my kid's gonna play and if he doesn't play he's on the bench i'm like bro you gotta get better you gotta practice like i'm gonna help you let's go practice together let's get better whatever he's a little stud now I don't think that's gonna, the kid is just a stud but <laughs> besides the point participation trophies and things when you get to the real world that doesn't exist right you know so it's this balancing act so yep yep there's no do-overs no last no, place is last place period yeah it's not, hey, you tried. Showing up counts, though. You showed up, but don't strive to just be there. 
but you showed up and you weren't prepared or you weren't ready for whatever happened and that's back to the lesson learning like the, you learn the most from getting the shit kicked out of you and you know or you realize it, yeah you realize that you just did not prepare the way that you need to and you need to know how to pick yourself back up yeah yeah and go back and then train and get get better like figure out what happened because I think that's one thing that is really tough for so like artists you know uh, in school in college it's this like incubation space where um, everything's basically just taken care of for like you're just so safe to like do your thing and make your art and then you go out into the real world and then it's like uh, either a gallery picks you up or not and most of the time they don't because everyone just graduated and then they're beginners with everybody else who just graduated and then they're just sunk and um, yeah like where do they go what do they do and they're not prepared and the real world is like is just set up so differently and the world of like academic art um, it doesn't translate to that at all which I think it should if it's going to be better set up for success but it's so cool I mean like I I know people that went to school for it and some of them are doing art working professionally and a lot of them aren't and then I, I of all the artists I know I would say more of them didn't go to school for it um, and then have applied the lessons of their life into it here's the thing there's certain things you have to go to school for being an attorney being a doctor engineer mathematician whatever uh, but there's things that you don't have to I'm not saying not going to school as an artist is a good or a bad thing but from my experience talking to people that did go to school and obviously you did so you can actually chime in on this a lot of them told me hey if you would have gone to art school it would have ruined you you're naturally using whatever it is that's inside you and you're doing it people are like I had to look, I didn't know what color theory was. They're like, oh, your color theory. I'm like, I knew what it was because I'm intelligent and I've studied enough everything else in my life. Like, okay, this, there's a thing here. But like, I don't know what it is if you said define color theory. And they're like, just the way you put colors together. And I go by, by what I feel looks good on my eye and what, how it makes me feel. And I'm like, dude, I just love Tiffany blue on red with a little pink and the way the purple is and then the way I float them together. I don't know shit about color theory though. It's just what I like. So there's natural talent you get and you can go refine it in art school and you can also get good at being an artist. I think everyone's an artist. We're all creators, right? right. How you make your breakfast in the morning, you scramble your eggs, you put some bell peppers, like that's how you're creating your scramble. Like, is that art? No, but you're creating. How you dress yourself, you're creating. Like, we're all creators. It is art. I mean, how you live your life, all the decisions that you make, the, the impact that you make on the right. world and other people. I A mean, giant that, book of your life. Yeah, yeah. The definition of art can definitely go out there. Yeah, the, the division between academic art and... I would say non-academic, I guess, is what we'll call it. I feel like academic art sort of, it gets very intellectual or very, like, it reminds me of, like, building these, like, s these structures 
that end up getting taller and taller and and then you like connect on like these tall levels it's like a stack of chairs and then if you've gone through all the training you know all the art history you've studied the philosophy you've studied the writings of whoever or whatever then you can understand what is being shown in that painting and if you didn't do all that then you can't so it's like almost like the highest common denominator whereas like art in the real world is trying to connect on the thing that we can all connect on but with and, you with what you just said i'm going to interrupt you sorry no worries then that means anyone who goes to a museum should not go they're wasting their time because they didn't go to school to understand the painting so what do those scholars say these people are dumb for going to the museum that's what i hear and that's that that's the takeaway from a lot of that space or who i talk to it's like this 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 little boys and girls club which you know happens to be a certain race and, and wealth and all that that anoints who comes in next or not and that and then sometimes art school is like it just makes you really good at doing all the master's work but like even you were saying earlier like what's my style you could paint everything and you learn to paint everything but you just found out what your style was which a congratulations thanks 20 years after I got out of college. Crazy. Right? So it's like... Like they can't teach you the thing that you learned while you were a financial advisor. You know, the the, the thing that you tapped into there. And yeah, that's where... The academic world has value. The academic art world has value. But it also, I think in a lot of ways, can completely miss the boat. And what's essential and like that's the part of art like real world art street art just like true authentic expression that people just like have to get out that that hits so directly and and that's something that you know i've studied three serious dives semesters into art history one and two and three all over studied art around the world it's like a lot of people don't don't get that and and it sucks that people feel like they you know don't get the art that people say is great but but yeah it is sort of like it's a club and it's set up this way and it's like anointed you know like like oh now you're in the club and now you're worthy of being like collected and this is serious high art and um yeah it totally misses it and i like that i mean banksy has flipped things on his head Mm -hmm. and there's artists that are doing that and like this whole you know, contemporary world of art. I like that contemporary art is like right now sort of break de- breaking de- things down and and the floodgates are open and everybody's like, all right, let's get to what's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's just realizing, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a contemporary artist. Well, what does that mean? There's people practicing art right now. Right. I live now. <laughs> I make art. So it's like, oh, you are? I thought you were a street artist. Well, yeah. <laughs> and? <laughs> yeah. Again with the labels. And it's funny, like, uh, for the listeners, we were just chilling here and we took a break and then this woman was outside and she came up and was talking and she was like, is that Ruben? You know, is that the artist here? And she came in and... Um, and spoke and she was super nice and it was a it was a cool conversation um fuck I totally got lost somewhere I was going with that 
<laughs> I got she was comparing art to art. Yeah. And ultimately what it distilled down to is how that art made her feel and how my art made her feel. There you go. And that was why Thank she you. put one and two together. It wasn't so much about what the art looked like. Yes. Yes. But it, we, what it brought up for me was that um, like it's so hard to talk about art in general. It's abstract. Every term, like who knows, you know labels don't really fit on things very well and so like the average human being out in the world has a hard time talking about it and a hard time interpreting it so then they think that they can't access it um but it was really cool how you like you you talked with her through it and like you were understanding what she meant and then you like deciphered that and you had the cool conversation with her and she walked away totally stoked knowing that she got to meet you and i think that really falls into one of the things that i'm doing with i'm speaking to the human I know my audience and my audience is people. Yeah. And if my audience is, as I've said before, me, we're all mirrors of each other. And if I'm talking to me, trying to know me and all that I am, then I'm talking to other people too. Because it's really hard for us to know us. And it's easier for us to know other people because we even hide us from ourselves. And I know that's probably not any way at all proper grammar but for the context of what we're trying to say you know we hire ourselves from ourselves which is why people are like I'm in your blind spot I see what's happening so but my art is for people and I'm talking to people and I'm trying to make people better people yeah yeah there's this quote uh, that I've heard that said like artists are some of the most uh, dangerous people in society because they interact with people at all levels and uh, you know from from the top top level of everybody down to the the person who you know going through the hardest challenges and and that's the cool thing because like art is universal and you can speak and again like you're speaking to you there's like a version you know you know if you ran your life a million times and changed variables there's a version of you that is that person at the top the person at the bottom the person every everywhere in between and um, yeah, there's a, that's a really cool thing about like make art, make art that you love, and then some like everyone's gonna get it in their own way from their own angle. It's like a prism. Mm-hmm. What was that? Um, okay, so you went to that workshop that like did that change things for you? What did was it, were there like a, was there a light bulb that went off in your life? No, it brought me back to who I was. I got lost. How did it bring you back? So today, Facebook put a little reminder of back in the day when we did Facebook status updates. Yeah. And I used to put inspirational quotes <laughs> and sayings and updates. You know, now it's so common. Everyone's uh, putting inspirational crap everywhere. Nothing against it. I'm just saying crap to throw it. Yeah. We're in a different phase now. But like this was 2012. Acknowledge all of your perfect imperfections and with a smile, thank yourself. That's what makes you unique. So like, that's 11 years ago. There is no emotional intelligence or none of, obviously it was still there, but not like what it is now. Where everyone's like, hey, love yourself. Hey, you know, and I talk about that as part of my work, so I'm not dumbing it down. But I was writing things like that way before I was quote unquote, the public facing artist, because obviously I was always an artist, but um, it just brought me back to that, which I had lost at some point. 
which I think as all humans we all get lost and hopefully we can all find the compass to get us back to ourselves yeah yeah I think one I said this on one of my episodes that one of the greatest the role of the artist in society is so important because what's it, what it's allowing the majority of people to experience through our art is the emotions and the stories and that journey because we put it in our artwork and sometimes a lot of people cannot express that but then maybe a piece of work lands for them and then they get flooded with all of that so we're really just telling the emotions of earth and the world and what's happening with humans in whatever capacity so like our role is so important in conveying this for humanity yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're like a we're like a sponge and then a mirror all at the same time and and they're uh yeah, people need I think they have a clip of whatever it was that I said. I'm looking at the original version. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I mean at the summit of greatness, uh with your work it was like twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, there was like an after party and uh, you know, you had like a stencil of some kind with the statement and I don't remember exactly what it was, but then you had love all over it and then everybody was given a marker and you could go up and you could write, uh, I think you, I think it said, I, giant painting. it said, I am, was it? Okay. Giant painting. Yeah. So it said, I am like dot, dot, dot. And then you could write whatever you wanted. And like that, the summit was such a powerful experience for me because it was just so transformational. There's all these speakers and it's very powerful and workouts in the morning. And, um, you know, you go to one of those because you want something more out of your life. So it was like, it was a great like catalyst for me. And your painting was like, sort of like a, the shifting point where we all got to say, like we had this experience, we absorbed all this information. We, we had all these like emotional highs and lows and everything. And then we go up and then it, you get this marker and it's like, I am. And you're like, declare who you are. Yeah. Boom, everything right there. And so like your art was that and then your art was all of that. And we all got to be a part of it. And it was like, it's cool. It's powerful. Cheers. I think this is the clip. What's the important thing about this? What is it that's different about me? doing what I do, you doing what you do, other artists doing what they do. But I think the artist's role in society is to share the emotions that humans feel that other humans cannot express or share the way we do it. Beautiful. Yes. Right? Love that. That's it. That's our entire role. That's it. That is our existence and the importance of doing it. And it's not just artists painting. This is poets mm -hmm. and musicians and chefs. Anyone creating in something that creates emotion for other people, they can't express themselves that way but they can receive it uh -huh. so that they can do what they do why am i doing this what's the important thing mm -hmm. totally why am i doing this what's the important thing yeah, it's gonna repeat <laughs> so yeah that's it that's it in a nutshell <laughs> sweet man you got anything else you want to say no unless you want me to say anything else I think I'm good. Let the people just say it. Yeah. <laughs>
Cool. All right. Well, Ruben, cheers. Thanks for being here. And uh, talk to you guys later. Thanks for being here. You're in my studio, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, thank you for coming down. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> my pleasure, man. My pleasure. <laughs> All right. Cheers. So that's it. That's the Art and Life podcast. Thank you again for tuning in and listening. Hope this is inspiring your life and your work in awesome ways. If you want to check out my art and my offerings, like fine art prints and cool merchandise with my art on it, jump over to my website. It's taylorgallegosart.com. And you can also follow me and connect with me on Instagram and LinkedIn. So thanks. Till next time.